Today, we're talking to Nikita Thakra, and it was World Menopause Day yesterday. So our conversation is very apt because Nikita uh, is a very accomplished yoga teacher. And I gather, Nikita, that um, yoga is particularly good for people with menopause. Hi there, Carla. Thank you for having me. Yes, definitely. Um, In fact, it's interesting because I had a business coaching session recently and my coach was helping me to do like a client profile. And we were really trying to hone in on who my ideal client was. And actually, when I was able to strip back and narrow it down, I found out that my ideal client is actually somebody who is going through the menopause which was a surprise for me because it's not something that I have gone through yet, nor is it something I'm trained in, yet that seems to be the type of person that gets drawn to my yoga classes. That is interesting. The the sort of person that comes to you then, um, inevitably, I mean, we we all know about hot flushes and uh, mood swings and that sort of thing, but there's much more to menopause than that, isn't there? Well, from what I hear from the ladies that come to me, I think the biggest things that they experience are frustration, low tolerance, irritability, and this feeling of not being themselves anymore. It's almost like something's taking over their hormones and they're feeling completely different to how they have felt up until then. And of course, it can also be tied in with life changes. So they might be going through um, personal circumstances like a divorce or perhaps children leaving home. And so there's a physical side to the menopause, but there's also an emotional side. And that's really where yoga, breath work and meditation can help. Now, you've been uh, doing yoga for a number of years now, and you actually did um, a a, a special study in India, didn't you? What, What sort of yoga do you do? I trained in Hatha yoga, which is a very traditional style. And it's interesting how there's so many styles. And I think for beginners, people that are coming to yoga for the first time, they may get confused because there are so many styles. But Hatha yoga is traditional in the sense that we do a variety of postures, which are good for strength, balance, flexibility. They improve your posture as well. But they also incorporate breath work and meditation. And that's what's really important, because it's the combination of the postures with the breath work that's really going to give long term results. You actually went to a very special event at uh, the weekend and um You were up for a major award, a a yoga award, weren't you? So I was very lucky that my students had nominated me to be considered for two awards, actually, Yoga Teacher of the Year and Yoga Studio of the Year. And I was shortlisted in both categories. And it was a real honour because the yoga industry, if you like, is so vast. And there's so many wonderful people up and down the country promoting the health benefits of yoga so it was a real honor to be on stage next to them and uh, so you actually went to uh, alexandra palace didn't you and uh, you, you didn't get that top award but being nominated you feel was a, a privilege and um, and you did well 
Definitely. And there were lots of different categories as well. So there was yoga brand of the year, um, yoga mat of the year. And, you know, there were people like Sweaty Betty, big companies and mainstream yoga studios that were shortlisted. So definitely felt really, um, you know, blessed to be able to be amongst them. But more than that, to see how far yoga has come. I remember when I did my training in India back in 2009, you know, and I had no idea that it would become such a, a trend, if you like. And it's only since COVID that I've really seen, um, you know, people coming to it. And in fact, even health professionals now are recommending yoga to their patients. What is it about yoga that is so special? I mean, it's it's helped you personally, hasn't it? I myself have got multiple health conditions, including a very serious autoimmune condition, which affects my lungs, um, alongside gynecology issues as well. And I have found that personally, yoga has helped me tremendously, and not just the postures, although they are a very important part of it. It's really the deep breathing that we do. And there are a variety of techniques and these techniques are thousands of years old. And if one can do them correctly, it can really make a big difference to their respiratory system, to their hormones, to their well-being and to overall health, as well as meditation. I have free guided meditations available on my website. And that's because I want people to be able to access meditation from wherever they are. They don't need to necessarily go to a class. They can just go onto the internet and just play a 10 minute guided meditation and experience that sense of calm and inner peace. Some years ago, uh, a lot of uh, yoga uh, teachers were doing things that I mean, I just couldn't imagine myself ever doing because it seemed to be a lot of contortions uh, that you had to put your body through. But your sort of yoga isn't that, is it? I teach for complete beginners and I welcome people who have never done any form of exercise before. So often the myth is, well, I have to be flexible in order to do yoga. And actually, that's not true because you develop flexibility as you go along. And so we start very slowly and we build ourselves up. It's also very good for people that are recovering from an injury or who have a medical condition or who have uh, restraints with their body. And so yoga is for everyone. I mean, there's even chair yoga. So, you know, people that are not as mobile can also do it. You have had a, a dance studio. You're very well known uh, in the country for being a professional dancer, Indian dance, uh, which is a particularly difficult form of dance uh, to do. Um how, how does uh, the, the dance that you've learned blend in with the yoga? Being a classically trained dancer, and that's of any style, you know, whether it's ballet or kathak, which is what I do, it requires a lot of discipline. And it also looks at the body in a very holistic way. And I think that's what my 10 years of training in India gave me. And that was the ability to really explore my body. And then yoga introduced me to mindfulness. And then the combination of both has really supported me in my own life. And now I'm passionate about helping other people 
with theirs. Now, I've known quite a lot of uh, your students uh, over the years because I've I've known you uh, since uh, uh, almost since you set up at your school uh, on the Bath Road uh, in in Slough. And um, uh, the children, I've seen them grow up, but as they've got into teenage and they've gone to school and they're facing all kinds of difficulties at senior school, They've said that the form of dance that they've learned helps them and they do meditation. So presumably you've also taught them uh, breath work as well. Well, that's very interesting, actually, because although it's a dance school predominantly, unknowingly over the years, I've been introducing them to various other aspects of what I do, which include yoga breathwork, meditation, and even Reiki healing. And by introducing them to them at a young age, I've noticed that actually when they do go through challenging periods at school, such as exams and things like that, they're able to handle them a lot better. So I really do believe that the combination of what I offer really does build resilience. Uh, you're very resilient yourself. And uh, you have a, a, a story that, that is very interesting. And you've been introducing uh, people to your story through uh, what you're, you're calling, well, your well-being workshops and retreats in something you call Journey with Nikita. You went through a stage of like uh, interest and um, uh, and you went to your bedroom frequently writing poetry. So poetry at one point was a bit of a, an escape for you, wasn't it? Growing up, I never felt like I belonged anywhere. When I went to school, my friends were English. When I came home, my family were Indian. And I always felt torn between the two cultures. And that led me to what I would call an identity crisis, For me, my escapism or my form of expression was writing poetry. And I used to go off to my bedroom and spend hours um, just with my journal expressing myself. And in fact, just a few weeks ago, I was off sick with COVID and I suddenly came across all of my poems that I had written throughout my childhood and my teenage years and even into my adult years. And I compiled these poems into a book which is now available online called Meditation Through Poetry. So Meditation Through Poetry is my first published book where I really bring to life all of these memoirs, if you like, of my personal journey, exploring ideas of birth, death, life, spiritual growth. And it's written from a place of sincerity, but also from a place of curiosity towards the world around me. The workshop that uh, I attended uh, at the weekend that you kindly invited me to was about discovering your dharma. And you were like explaining to people what that meant. And uh, and they were, you know, the people at the, the workshop uh, came out what dharma meant for them so can you tell us what dharma is so dharma is a sanskrit word and it literally means life purpose and it was an idea that came to me during the pandemic actually when i was starting to reflect on my own personal journey and i realized that i'm very lucky and fortunate to be living a life which is in alignment with my life purpose And so it's this idea that we're all here for a reason. And that doesn't necessarily mean career. It can also be 
personal life. Even somebody who's retired can have a sense of dharma. It's a sense of meaning in one's life. And so I devised this workshop, which has just grown from strength to strength. And I draw on my skills of NLP. I trained in NLP, which is neuro-linguistic programming, with Sue Knight. And Sue is, you know, a pioneer for NLP in this country. I mean, she's the author of the book NLP at Work. And I was very fortunate to have spent 10 consecutive years with her. When she used to live in the UK, she would hold sessions in Henley. And then she recently moved to France. And I've even been to her house in France and I've studied with her there. And so what this workshop does is it brings together the ideas of NLP, which are more scientific, with the idea of Dharma, which is more spiritual. And uh, once again, the, the, the people who were attending the workshop uh, that uh, I went to, they were uh, varying ages. Uh, I would say some of them uh, might well be the ones that you were talking about earlier, people in their menopause. But certainly there were some younger women there who uh, are trying to explore what 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 they are in life and and, and what they should be, what path they should be following. That's right. I mean, I feel like we've got to a stage now where people are questioning things more. They're not willing to plod along and be in a job or be in a live a life that's not suited to their preferences. And so, what I do in my workshop is I strip everything back to simple questions like, "Where do I live?" Am I happy in the house that I live in? Um, the actual physical locality of it. Um, you know, looking at one's beliefs. What do you believe about life? What are your values? And it's only when we really start to explore all of these things that they then start to reveal their sense of identity. And that's really exciting for me to see as a workshop facilitator, because I can see light bulb moments going off in people's minds where things are starting to finally fall into place. For some people, it's quite challenging to do this process, um, particularly Indian people, I find, because they've got the cultural conditioning of their education. So, for example, I'm coaching a client right now and she's got a degree in marketing, but she doesn't enjoy marketing anymore and she wants to do something different. And so it's getting her out of that space where she's thinking, well, I have to do a a job in marketing, otherwise my degree would have been wasted. And so it's getting people to think in a very different way and getting them to understand that actually whatever you've been doing up until now has served you well, but now a new chapter might be in front of you. And it's being open to exploring that. Now, you revealed um, uh, during the workshop that um, it was expected of you uh, that you would go to university and I don't know what what what's your your family had in mind for you uh, maybe medicine or something like that um so you you decided even at an early age that you didn't want to follow the expected path tell us about that I knew from the age of 18 that I did not see myself going to university and the way that I knew that is because I closed my eyes one day and I visualized myself sitting in a lecture theater and when I visualized that I didn't feel comfortable with that image now that's not to say that university is good or university is bad it just was not right for me at that time 
And when I went to my parents and I told them that that was what I was thinking, they were quite outraged because my two older sisters had gone to university. My dad was an accountant. My mum was a nurse. And so it was expected of me to go. And so we decided to come to a compromise and they said that I could take a gap year. That meant that I would go off traveling for a year and my choice was to go to India. But then it was expected that when I come back, I would fill in that UCAS form and I would go to university. And lo and behold, things started to change when I went to India. When I came back, um, new opportunities opened for me. And then I actually did not end up going. And I was actually one of the first in my family amongst all my relatives who did not get a university degree. But you didn't just study to be a dancer, did you? You, I mean, some people learn dance, but they wouldn't actually think of having a school where they teach others. I mean, so you had a dual career, didn't you, as a professional dancer, but also somebody who, who taught dance and had a, a school. And I know that uh, at the beginning you were particularly proud that the the flooring in your school was a sort that people would find it, uh, in the top ballet schools in, in the National Ballet. Uh, so you you do things well, don't you? When when you have something in your mind, you go to the top people to learn and you have the top things for your students. Well, it was my ambition that Kathak was to become on par with ballet. And we've still got a very long way to go in order for that to happen. But that was one of the small things that I could do was to create a studio where children, teenagers and adults could come and learn but also have those facilities. And so, yes, I got the Harlequin flooring, which is the same one that they use in the Royal Ballet School in London, and really providing my students with opportunities such as taking exams in dance, having professional performance opportunities, um, having resources. During the COVID pandemic, I actually created a podcast whereby they could listen to my stories and experiences and learn things about the dance form while they were at home in lockdown. So I'm always thinking of new ideas to support people, whether that's through dance, yoga, Reiki, meditation, poetry, whatever I do, I'm looking to help people and support them on their journey and that's why it's called journey with nikita so everybody could have their own journey one of your one, one of your students actually uh attended the workshop uh, this weekend and uh, she was very revealing in in how she felt and it was special hearing her but then the other people also revealed things. It, it became a nice place, a special place for people to feel comfortable to tell their stories. Did that surprise you? No, it didn't, because that's actually something that I pride myself on, creating a safe space for people to be able to share. And often when people look at group workshops, they think, oh, that looks a bit daunting. Doing personal development in front of other people can seem a bit scary. But actually, if the workshop facilitator creates that safe space, then people can express themselves if they choose to. They don't have to. I mean, there were people there that also stayed quiet. They chose to journal. They chose to be introspective. And that's OK as well. 
But sometimes it's nice to speak up, especially if people understand you and are going through similar situations as you. I know there was uh, one person there who I think uh, runs uh, workshops of her own and is a professional in in, in what she does. And uh, so she came over as, as as somebody very knowledgeable, but wanting to hear your experience, your gain from your knowledge. And that was beneficial, presumably, for both of you. Definitely. And in fact, these workshops are starting to attract entrepreneurs and business owners, people that have already got something established and are now starting to question their purpose behind it. This particular workshop that you had attended was on a Sunday. And the next one that I hold in January is actually going to be on a Friday. And that's really to attract a new type of clientele, people that are corporates, either that are working for an employer or they're self-employed. And it's really starting to look at how does your work, how does your career fit in with your dharma, with your purpose. But as I said before, it's not a prerequisite that you have to have, um, you know, a thriving career. Somebody could do this even if they are going on to higher education or if they're retired. It doesn't matter what stage you are at. Personal development is for everyone. Well, I'd like to find out more about the other workshops. Well, I believe that everything comes to self-belief and whatever you believe in about yourself is likely to come true so I'm a very um, big manifester manifesting means where you attract your dreams and your desires and I would say that I'm somebody that's living my dream life and a big part of that is believing in my how does manifestation work, Nikita? I think unknowingly I've been manifesting all my life, but it was only recently when I moved into my dream house that I realised that I was consciously doing it. Um, manifesting works in the way of attracting your desires and your dreams through visualisation. And so a lot of people think, oh, well, that's just some sort of magic but actually, if you think about it, everything's energy. And so whatever energy you send out, that's what comes back. And so it's this idea that I can use the power of my subconscious mind to attract whatever it is that I want. For example, with my house, I visualized myself sitting in a balcony. And I used to tell my husband, I would like a house with a balcony. And he said to me, houses don't come with balconies. Houses only come with gardens, flats come with balconies. And I said to him, well, I would like a house with a balcony and a garden, which seemed very far-fetched. And actually, after a few months of viewings, we found a house and it had a big balcony and a garden. And even he was surprised. And that's when I really realised that manifesting is real and it's something that everyone can do that that is fascinating now what are the other workshops that you do so i've attended the dharma one what other ones have you got so the next one is magical manifesting which is all about this actually oh, so right is i've broken down the five steps required for um manifesting which include visualization believing and what we do is we start to really strip back and look at what the person wants and often when you are asked what do you want 
It's so interesting how many people don't know what they want or they know what they do not want. And so what they're doing is unknowingly, they're focusing their subconscious mind on what they do not want. And that's what they're attracting. So if somebody's in debt, for example, they're focusing all their energy on the debt and then that's what they're getting more of. And so what we do through NLP, through this practice, we reprogram the subconscious mind so that we can bring into our lives whatever it is that we really want. And a big part of that is feeling worthy of that, whatever it is. Like, for example, I just told you about the house that I manifested. I had a 100% belief and conviction that I would get that. It wasn't something that I just thought about and I thought, oh, well, it might happen, it might not. I visualized myself sitting in that balcony, having my coffee on a swing, you know, and it was so real for me in my mind. And that's what I teach people in my workshops. And also, uh, presumably, the teenagers uh, that you have uh, taught for many years and and they are now going on to university and uh, some of them have uh, got careers very good careers you've coached them haven't you in some of these techniques too yeah so I've coached them I've mentored them I've instilled self-belief in them so everyone that works with me whether they learn yoga whether they've come to Reiki treatments whether they attend my workshops and retreats My mission is to instill self-belief into everyone that I work with and to empower them. And so it's not just women, it's also men. I do have men who come to my yoga classes as well and Reiki treatments for that matter. And men are also getting more open to this idea of having ways to, you know, release their stress and to work on themselves and to develop their own vision for the future. So it's so interesting to see men starting to come forward and be open to these ideas as well. Now, the holistic healing that you do, you mentioned Reiki healing. Did you get into that because you required it yourself and found it beneficial and then went on to learn it? I actually went for um, a beauty treatment. It was a facial. And towards the end of the facial, I've found like I just sensed something very different which I hadn't felt before it was almost like a very warming soothing sensation and I asked the therapist what she had been doing and she said this was Reiki and that was really my first introduction to Reiki and I was fascinated by it and I decided to go on and learn it initially just for myself to help with my own health conditions But then later on, I devised a treatment called Reiki Ritual, which incorporates essential oils with chakra balancing. So traditionally in Reiki, we don't touch the body. We just hover away from the body and go through each of the energy channels or the meridians. But in my treatment, Reiki Ritual, it's a 90 minute session and I touch with essential oils. And so what I'm doing is sending my intention to each one of the chakras, which are the energy channels, and using the medicinal benefits of oils, along with the warmth and the soothing healing of Reiki. And it's a wonderful amalgamation of all of these things. And the results that I get are 
very um, profound, actually. Some people have said that it's really helped them in their health conditions. It's helped them in their like feeling better about themselves emotionally. They feel a sense of wellness, and particularly people that are going through a big change in their life, whether it's menopause or a life change, they find it very beneficial. The uh, workshop uh, at the weekend, you mentioned how you had worked on a particular uh, chakra area, and um, and that helped you because you've become a professional speaker. And at one point, there's no way you would have thought of doing that. I was very shy growing up. I had multiple um, health problems related to my throat in particular. I had my tonsils out when I was only 12. I had glandular fever. I had an underactive thyroid at the age of 23. And so I would say all my life I have been very timid. And when it came to speaking up, I would always stumble. Whenever people would even ask me how I am, I would really freeze inside and I'd not know what to say. And now I'm an accomplished speaker. I mean, I was speaking last weekend at Alexandra Palace in London for the yoga show. Uh, in September, I was speaking at the Mindset Festival in Wokingham. I was at Warner Hotel in the summer. And so what I do through my talks is I share my personal story, but I also share tools and techniques with people that they can use at home. And that's what's important to me. You don't have to come to a class. You don't have to come to a treatment. You can do these things at home. I mentioned earlier, I have free guided meditations available on my website, on my YouTube channel, on my social media. And that's to give people an opportunity to access this state of inner calm and inner peace wherever they are. And uh, finally, you also uh, put on retreats uh, where people can actually just get away from it all and uh, experience uh, at some length what you do. So I've got really exciting retreats coming up, a two-night one next spring in April, and it's going to be at Champneys Health Spa. So Champneys and myself work really well together in hosting retreats, and I deliver the yoga classes and they provide the venue, the spa facilities, acres of land, the delicious food. And that's a three day weekend from Friday to Sunday. And you can find details about that on my website or on my social media. Just look up Journey with Nikita. I've also got a seven night yoga holiday in Turkey next July. And this is going to be very special for me because my husband is Turkish. And again, it's something that I manifested. I always wanted to do a retreat in Turkey, but I didn't know how to go about it. I didn't have any contacts. And then out of the blue, someone approached me and asked if I would teach in Dalaman, Turkey. So next July, it's a seven night retreat. And again, I'm teaching yoga, but I don't just teach yoga. I always incorporate other things. I give people Reiki. I go around and, you know, teach them breath work. And we even incorporate NLP. I just bring in everything when I teach. And so I'm looking for people that are really ready for the next stage of their life, who really know that they're meant for something more, but they don't necessarily know what they don't know how, they don't know why. All they know is they want something that's different to what they have now. And I invite those people to join me on this journey.
Well, thank you for sharing your journey with us today. And uh, I look forward to hearing more more journeys uh, with you. And congratulations on doing so well uh, with uh, the Yoga Award. Uh, you certainly deserve it. And it's clear that uh, uh, your clients really enjoy what you do. So thank you very much indeed, Nikita, for today.